0: Recovery Reform is a podcast that provides educational content while addressing the stigma against drugs and the people who use them. Expertise meets lived experience as the hosts and their respective guests unpack the multifaceted cause that is Recovery Reform. What's up y'all? Welcome to Recovery Reform. My name is Macaulay Sexton. And I'm Taylor Nichols. Today, we're going to do an intro episode. So let's get right into it. Again, my name is Macaulay Sexton. I'm a person in long-term recovery. I've been in this process for over a decade and I'm someone who went through traditional treatment. I had an intervention. I did an inpatient stay for about four months. I did about six months in sober living, including intensive outpatient while seeing an addiction medicine professional. And yeah, I was like the poster boy of traditional recovery. I went to treatment one time, you know, and I've been in recovery ever since. But after about four and a half years in traditional recovery, and by traditional recovery, I mean 12-step recovery... Uh, My mental health was declining and I was doing everything I was supposed to. I was going to the meetings and doing service work and working the steps, sponsoring, had a sponsor. And this was a rude awakening for me because I had worked really hard at traditional recovery. And that is why I started looking into alternatives is because... My mental health wasn't doing good. It was very rough. It got to the point to where I was experiencing suicidal ideation, actually. So that is where I dove headfirst into research and, and understanding what is out there, what is available for people suffering from substance use disorder. Because I was only given one option. And I'm grateful for that option because I was able to utilize it. But when it came to long-term sustainability, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't there for me. So I started to research alternatives, actually went on TikTok and started to hear from people who had different pathways. And I started to realize that my understanding was actually very limited. It, It was, and I had to deprogram from a lot of the limiting beliefs that I found. So that's where my passion for recovery reform came in because I realized, hey, like, yeah, I made it through treatment and I made it through 12 step, but what about all of these other people that, that aren't, you know, I was, I had very ignorant takes on medication assisted treatment. I didn't understand stigmatizing language and how it affected people. So I just want to be clear. This is me after years of working on a lot of the problematic ways of thinking and rhetoric that I would spread on a daily basis. And so I, I really just want to acknowledge that. Now, as far as what I do personally, my recovery is based on freedom. It's based on alternatives, utilizing alternatives. I have remained abstinent from opioids and benzos and alcohol and you know, illicit substances as a whole. But I started to realize that even just identifying with that necessarily wasn't helpful for me to even project that out there even the idea of abstinence at this point so i'm an alternative treatment industry professional so i do caretaking for people who are going through very alternative options utilizing very alternative options rather and i also make educational content i've made educational content for the public school system i do consulting with individuals experiencing substance use disorder and their families. I also work with people who are not looking for a recovery, and they just want to utilize harm reduction practices, tools, and protocols. So my recovery has taken a complete 180. And yeah, at this point, I'm just, I'm really glad to connect here with Dr. Nichols, because we can really cover a lot of ground and just meet expertise and lived experience, medical, and just Purely subjective experience, and just combine these things, and really, yeah, just touch on a lot of really important topics. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit going on and on here, and I'm gonna give the floor to to Doctor Nichols.
1: I'm Taylor Nichols. I'm an addiction medicine and emergency medicine physician in Northern California, and I, you know, I did like Macaulay was just saying. I it, it took a lot of unpacking of that stigma that I had internalized. I'm not a person with a substance use disorder, but I come from a long family history of substance use disorder. I'm the child of someone with substance use disorder. And I had internalized a lot of that stigmatizing, harmful language of the traditional abstinence-only recovery spaces. And when I was an emergency medicine resident, I had to do a lot of that same deep work. That was really uncomfortable learning that really I had been wrong. And I was projecting my own issues with, you know, substance use disorder and that, that could be harmful. That could be harmful to, to my patients and seeing that and coming to that realization over time, um, made me passionate about this and want to sort of share that experience. So I, you know, I, I I did uh, medical school at UC Davis, and then I did residency in emergency medicine at UCSF and San Francisco General uh, Hospital. And then if that wasn't enough, I did another year of training in fellowship in health policy and advocacy back at UC Davis. Um, and now I currently work in emergency medicine in the emergency department and addiction medicine in sort of multifaceted uh, approach, trying to cover the continuum of care from the outpatient setting in a harm reduction clinic uh, to the inpatient side working on an addiction medicine consult service to ensure that we provide high quality evidence-based care to patients with substance use disorder who are hospitalized Um, and i work in the residential space as well with uh, to make sure that we provide evidence-based medical care in the residential uh, recovery space as well Um, i also work with our local street medicine team and make sure that we coordinate with them and provide adequate uh, addiction medicine care to our street medicine um, folks and for our unsheltered uh, homeless neighbors um, in in our neighborhood. Um, I'm really passionate about health systems reform, uh, social and political determinants of health and health equity. And making sure that we provide evidence based care and humanistic uh, care with dignity and respect to all of our patients. And that includes people who use drugs. Um, So that's really why Macaulay and I sort of collaborated to make this podcast a reality and try to reform recovery um, and, and, provide alternatives to what we see as a a stigmatizing and ultimately harmful uh, view of a single path to recovery in in terms of the abstinence-only model.
0: Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, I think that it really comes down to we did it the wrong way when it came to our first attempts at advocacy. And so I think that is is a very valuable experience, you know. It it is ultimately because we, I kind of, we both were able to find our blind spots and address that, and so I appreciate that we have that shared lived experience. So we're going to briefly go into some of the topics of discussion here. First of all,
1: we're going to be addressing substance use disorder. Yeah. So, like, what what is it? What do we we reframe the term addiction because, um, you know, we know that there is a neurobiological uh, basis for the medical condition or disorder that is substance use disorder, that is addiction. So um, why does that language matter? Why does person-first language matter, et cetera? And then we're going into just stigma as a whole. And how is that harming people who use drugs, people with substance use disorders, and and patients who use drugs for treatment, such as for for pain? whether acute or chronic pain, um, and how might that stigma also harm them. Moving on, we have misinformation and myths. Oh, man, don't even, this isn't right in my wheelhouse, but, you know, <laughs> perfect example of, uh, you know, like you, you cannot overdose from fentanyl by touching it. Just, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll debunk that.
0: Next, we have the war on drugs.
1: What is that? What is, uh, how is that? Harming us and our communities and and that harms everyone to be clear what do those policies from the war on drugs look like? What is that prohibition um, or prohibition based policies? Um, what does that mean?
0: next we have policy reform
1: yeah how, how do we advocate and how do we advocate to change policy or make policy better to support people who use drugs or any policy change, frankly, but how can we reform policy to improve the system? Next we have harm reduction. You know, this is a topic near and dear to my heart. Um, I work in harm reduction. I love people who work in harm reduction spaces and um, all of the amazing work that they do, but let's talk about it. What is it, uh, why is it important? Addiction medicine. Obviously, this has been a, a path that I have chosen for for my career, and I want to you know talk about like what what is the what is the evidence because we do it is its own unique independent subspecialty, and um what sort of evidence base do we have to like call it its own practice of medicine.
0: Next, we have understanding substance use disorder in emergency medicine.
1: Obviously a topic super important to me. I do a lot of work in this space, um, trying to bridge the gap between emergency medicine and addiction medicine. And how can we provide better care to people who use drugs when they come to the emergency department? Then we have evidence-based recovery. Oh boy, this is a big, big topic with a lot to unpack. Um, But what does evidence-based recovery mean? What is the evidence basis for the different paths to recovery? All recovery is valid, all paths to recovery are valid, but what are the different, um, what is the evidence that we have for each of those?
0: Next, we have
1: medication-assisted treatment. Along the same topic of evidence-based recovery, like what is, yeah. what is medication-assisted treatment mean? What is that topic? Um, and and discussing the wording, too, because you know I, I prefer the term medication for addiction treatment. But how did we get there? What is the language? Uh, what is What are the medications? And what's the evidence there?
0: Next, we have chronic pain and opioid
1: use disorder. This is a big topic with a lot to unpack, but talking a little bit about... What is the difference between addiction versus dependency? Um, You know, both communities can be, are people who use opioids potentially. Um, And how is that stigma harming both of them? What is the difference between those, those communities or those sort of treatment modalities? And why is that important?
0: Next, we have the treatment industry
1: that is, is such a huge topic with a, <laughs> a lot to, a lot to dive into there but you know there's a the the treatment industry is broad it's not as closely regulated as some other spaces in medicine and um you know there's a lot to think about in terms of ethics and the approaches that we take and it relates directly back to evidence-based recovery which we're going to talk about
0: yeah Next, we have traditional abstinence-based recovery communities and problems such as misogyny and racism within these spaces.
1: There's, this is such a important topic, and I think it'll be really um, an interesting conversation to have and um, something that we really would welcome your input and your feedback you know, from the listeners. Um, and if there's any other topics that you think we should cover, Anything that you want to know more about, let us know. You can uh, check out our website, recoveryreform.org, or reach us at recoveryreformpodcast at gmail.com. Recovery Reform will be available wherever you download your podcast, so be sure to leave a rating and review, subscribe, and we will see you next time.